This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, or sorry, I mean Pride of West London broadcast. You're thinking, what the hell's a broadcast? We're doing a broadcast today, because what we've decided, we're going a little bit left field. We're doing a podcast and we're doing a radio show, we're going to merge the two, we're going to mix it up, we're going to get on the decks, mix the podcast with the radio show, we get ourselves a broadcast, putting it out, and now you're going to be listening to a mashup. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the White Heart in Southwark doing my first ever rodcast with my channel with my chums my pals I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, sort of you know, tongue tied because of the music it's just got me you know we've, we've passed the 1st of December deadline the deadline where you can actually go Christmassy before that they were forcing it upon us we went down the globe they had all sorts of elves and trees and stuff and we were not happy with that but the 1st of December the Grinch has been removed from the besotted crew and now we're happy we requested Christmas music we love Christmas music because it makes us feel so Christmassy. Because we're hoping that it's going to bring us lots of points over the next few weeks. Like I said, I'm myself, Billy Grant here, and I'm sitting in the White Hart in Southwark. Lovely, wicked pub being refurbished, and they're actually taking really, really good care of us. It's almost like our early Christmas present. I'm sitting here to the left of me. The man, Revel Waterman, is back in the house. Revel, how you doing? Very, very well. What a lovely place this is. What a lovely atmosphere. Really looking forward to the rodcast tonight. Indeed. I'll tell you something. I mean, Christmassy, I mean, you're sitting here in your Christmas jumper, which I'm thinking is a little bit early for that, Greville. Um, what else have you got sort of kind of primed up Christmas time? Christmas time. Well, the reindeer's come out. I've got a, I've got a beautiful reindeer that I bought um, from the grocers last year, and that's going to come out to decorate the table. So we're going to have a nice kosher Christmas. Interesting. Greville buys reindeers from the grocers. Um, lady, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. There's a little bit of a cold coming on, if I'm honest with you. Um, but not. I've got. I need to pull you up a bit. You were just. You said the Grinch isn't here tonight, but you were before. You were saying like you really anti-Christmas. You said you're not happy with that. That is not true. Oh, there's one. There's one particular song which is the Paul McCartney 
simply hair with the jungle of the frog song i think it's called it's not the frog song no whatever that song is having a wonderful that particular song does annoy me a little bit and I wish that they fast forwarded that one uh, the frog song was the um, bomb 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 oh, yeah. that, that was that frog song okay, well anyway they're, they're that but other than that I'm feeling massively jolly and happy well, you've got a big candy stick coming out of your, out your head at the moment I, I shall post the picture but no, I'm obviously very happy that we've stopped losing so uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how far that one point takes us do you that. think Christmas has come early then uh, no <laughs> no I don't I don't know and listen, back in the house here again, as we're in the central London zone, we've got Katie B in the house. Katie B, Graham, how you doing? I am all good. We drew. My brother bought me an advent calendar. Life is good. So you've got yourself properly in the Christmas zone. And I'll tell you something, does that advent calendar have any red and white around it at all? It was entirely red and white, what yes. Kind of, what kind of advent calendar was it? Chocolate. Which one? Lint. Lint, oh, so posh one. Yeah, posh, posh, posh. So listen, we've got ourselves in the Christmas zone and, you know, listen, we've turned ourselves on its head this time. We've got the, we've got the broadcast. We're going to be talking about the West Brom game a little bit later because when we go to the radio studio, they don't allow us to bring beers in there. I mean, I'm sitting there with my pride. I know you guys, you've got your rosé and there's a, bit of, there's a bit of wine going on. There's all sorts of relaxation. But when we, we're going to pop into the radio show a little bit later... And we can't bring any drinks with us. We've got to be completely sensible. So we thought, let's have a little drink. Let's have a little chat. Then we go to do a little bit more in a proper studio. And then we'll come back to the pub a little bit later. And we'll discuss things a little bit more. But like I said to you, first of all, we're playing Swansea on Saturday. We're going to talk about Swansea in the regular, normal studio. With no music and no drinks. But we thought we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about Swansea. Their style of football. The Swansea way the Brentford way the Southampton way even and maybe why things are going right or wrong Laney so, so you know it's, so we're going to go to the radio sh- studio soon and do that so this it's to be really clinical are you going to dub over music you need, you need to dub over Christmas otherwise it's going to be like atmosphere here the ma- if you're going to do a proper mashup we need to mix in some some other stuff well, we'll see I mean you're presuming that I always dub over music I mean you always believe that there's no sound in the background i mean you, you're giving away my tracks there lady but anyway we'll see how it goes listen but after this little twang we're going to talk about the swansea way so the swansea way i'm sitting there with daddy daddy waterman here actually he's egging me on like he's getting he's getting he's getting rather keen and you and you and you dad yeah, absolutely well swansea had a certain way of playing football certain sort of style dna they became sort of everyone's maybe second or third favourite team. Short passing football, Leon Britton commanding everything in midfield, Scott Sinclair roaring down the wing, you know, good managers, um, good managers, got promotion to the Premier League, did well, punched well above their weight, clever transfer policy, and then it all went kaput when they brought in the wrong manager and started doing uh, terrible transfers. And now they're just about beginning to recover. So I mean, so I mean, it's interesting because we talk about the Swansea way, and the reason why we thought we mentioned it is a) we're playing Swansea on Saturday, and b) there's a lot of people that have sort of kind of given Brentford a little resemblance to Swansea and also Southampton. And the reason why is that Swansea decided that they were going to change the way that they did their business. You know, the Swansea way was also often described as a style of play. You know, they dominated possession, they, you know, they played with the tempo, they start intricate passing, you know, they had 11 players who were comfortable with the ball at their feet, 
their playing was progressive and it was positive football. You know, all the managers that they appointed were new, they were up and coming, they were thought as being managers who are, you know, they didn't get people on the treadmill that we always talk about, you know, with all due respect to Neil Warnock and, and, and managers like that. They didn't do that. They brought new managers in to fit into the club and not the other way around. They were young, ambitious coaches with a f- tight focus on technical aspects of play and a commitment to playing attractive football. And they bought players who fit in with their style of play as well. They fitted the mould, you know. Um, and the fact is that what they do is they brought in players who are underappreciated elsewhere, but they bought them in and they basically increased their value. You know, so that was great. That's how it worked with them. So you had managers like Roberto Martinez, who started to play this sort of continental style of football that they said wouldn't work, but it did. You know, then we had Michael Laudrup as well. And they went from strength to strength. So that was the, the Swansea way. And we're mentioning it because... People have sort of, especially the last couple of seasons, they've started to take note about Brentford. The way that we buy our players is in a different way from other people. We are absolutely addicted, or not, not probably not the right word, to playing one particular style of football. One particular way of football, where some people are turning around and saying, we haven't got a plan B. That may be a good thing, that may be a bad thing. We could talk about that now, you know what I'm saying? So we've got that, um, very limited Swansea, and also, like I said, we buy players who are underrated, we make them good, and then we get them to a certain value, and then they move on. Obviously, what happened with Swansea, they got in managers that didn't quite fit in. They got in players that didn't quite fit in. They capitulated. The question I'm going to ask you is the reason why Swansea capitulated. Were they a victim of their own success and people started to suss them out? And they weren't able to do the things that they were doing beforehand? Laney. Well, you know, Swansea, credit, credit to Swansea, they were really ahead of the curve on this, you know, and it still pain, pains us to, to be victim to one of our, another failed playoff. But the year that they went up um, in, 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 during the playoffs, it kind of, we, we couldn't really cope with it. So we, we, we probably weren't aware of it, but they were playing some wicked football. And they got, they got, that led them to obviously, you know, a, a, a series of, um, you know, a decent run in the, in the Prem. And um, they were, they were, they were, they had some brilliant players during that time. Um, and I agree, I, I completely agree with Greville. They, it, they, they finally fell down because they appointed some wrong coaches. Um, and then you know, the, the things slightly, you know, the things diverted away from being hundred, you know, being really successful. And you know, it was unsustainable because you know, because of the, the, the spending power ultimately. So. You know, we've we've got a we've got we could learn from Swansea if, if I'm honest with you, but you know we need to we need to make sure that the the current manager or the current head coach is the one that's capable of taking us up. Now we can't start making wrong managerial or, or head coaching decisions while we're not in the top flight. They they started to do that when they were there already. We're not in that position yet. So yeah, there are similarities because we play football in a certain way. There's an ethos and there's a there's a kind of like it's a DNA. There's a, you know it's in, in, ingrained in our, in us at the moment. Um, and you became aware of it when you know um, I, I listened back and I watched back the um, the Sky coverage of the game on, on Monday night. And all the pundits and all the commentators were they went at length to explain that Brentford really were you know. So basically, we were the masters of our own undoing. We were playing one way and one way only, and we'll either live or die by that. We need to get better at if we're going to if we're going to if we're going to stick to that philosophy. We need to get better at it. We can't we can't play 
this all out attacking football if we're not all out attacking so you know we we at the moment Swansea are more successful at that than we are and you know we need to learn by their mistakes I've got to ask the question because it's interesting you're talking about um, employing the, the wrong coach you mean with Swansea but to be fair you know things started to probably dip off a bit when they when they employed Gary Monk even though he you know he probably got them in I think their highest position I think they finished eight under Monk if I remember rightly in the Premier League but they were saying that the style of football that they were playing was different but what they did notice is that the players that they were signing at the time were different to what they were doing before they weren't signing young hungry players they were going for the big money players they, were like, they changed their ethos so there is also an argument to say that you know maybe the misbalance in Swansea came from changing the ethos of who they were signing maybe which was forced upon them by the situation they were in in the Premier League Kate I've always had a massive soft spot for Swansea because they play nice football seem like a good kind of community club excuse me but I think there's differences between what they've done and what we've done and I think a lot of that to do is is to do with the things that we've already pointed out that we have a head coach and transfers are taken care of elsewhere so our style of football is imprinted in the DNA and structure of the club it's not down to who the manager slash head coach is right so we're not going to get a person in who's like we're not going to have a Gary Monk situation where Monk brings in players who can't play our style of football um, and then we're stuck with them for the next like five years or whatever that's not going to happen and I think that's a really important benefit to having a head coach not a manager and having transfers taken care of you know, by an alternative structure within the club Well, I would just like to say two words Wilfred Boney which was the epitome of an overpriced, underperforming striker who they brought in in panic massively overpaid, can't get rid of has barely scored a goal for them Who, who brought that in well, against that, Swansea? That's the good question, we don't know I, I suspect it was the chairman but I don't know. But I don't think they buy, as, as Kate said, they don't buy as well as we do. Um, to be honest, I think Southampton are a better parallel for us than, than Swansea. And then explain the, the Southampton set-up, Greville. Well, Southampton, forget about the football they play, which is reasonable. You know, they've got some reasonable attacking players. But they have, they have lived and, and are possibly dying now on a, transport, on a transfer policy that's re- frankly identical to ours, which is buy low, nurture, uh, sell high. Um, players that they've bought and sold like, tell us a few players well look at look at the conveyor belt between Southampton and Liverpool you know the Van Dykes, Wanyama, Mane and that's all very well because for about three years Southampton continued to, to replenish their stock but eventually they've, they've run out of good players they've stopped buying well but this is the question where I've always had the fear and you always had the fear because the fact is that listen not knocking our system our system's been wicked you know what I'm saying the directors of football everyone has done really wicked and we've we, we, every time you're playing a game of cards and every time you turn it over and you know you've got another ace you've got a king you've, you've got a brilliant brilliant hand but you're, you're thinking to yourself at some stage you're going to be dealt a bad hand you're going to have a bit of bad luck and you don't the thing that you don't do you can't you can't blame someone if somebody's had a 80% record and you deal a bad hand you can't point your finger at them and say that's really, it's really, it's really bad because they've done a really good job. But the fear that I have is that if you've dealt that bad hand, a how do you get out of that, or b how badly is it going to affect you? Well, we we were dealt a very bad hand in the summer of 2015. Half the team walked out because they were offered far better money elsewhere. We brought in eight new players, I think about six from abroad, who were all thrown into the team. And most of them sank. So a couple of them without trace, like Gogia, 
Kirschbaumer never really adapted. Barbe took time. You know, Collan fitted in well. Hoffman, whoa, that's not swear on, on the radio. But it took a lot of time. But eventually we managed to recover. But at the moment, we carry on buying really, really, really well. And, you know, there, we have so much talent in our squad. We have so many people who eventually we can sell well if we have to sell. And we have so many young players coming through in the B team, most of whose names I can hardly pronounce, but I know they are fantastic young players. So at the moment, we show no signs of having problems in that regard. So, so just, and I'm going to come to you, Kate, but I'll just, because the question I'm going to come back to is, is that, you know, it's this whole victim of your own success scenario. Everyone's been, no one was interested in Brentford. We were able to do our own thing. We were able to buy players from wherever we wanted to buy them from. We bought them in. And now we find a situation where we hear agents, every time they, you know, we get an interest in the player, they'll go to another team and say Brentford are interested. And that immediately puts their price up because everyone knows that we're very good at scouting players. So all of a sudden that's going to make our job harder. And also the other thing is that people adapt to what we're doing, try to do what we're doing, get closer to us. And the thing that you also know is that if you don't adapt as well, you end up becoming extinct. So is it the case that Brentford has to completely adapt itself all the time? And and are we going to get to a station where we, we, we're going to struggle to adapt because we're already at the, the top of how much we can adapt? Um, I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure we're at the top of how far we can adapt, but we, we, we are very similar to Southampton. I agree with what Greville said. But they were on a on a different level to us because you know they they, they, they were churning out world class players Gareth Bale you know Theo Walcott play, people like that came through through their through their system as well it's all you know you, it's all it's near enough impossible to play to replace those kind of players because you know they only come around they only really come around once in a generation and and to be lucky enough to get a whole a whole gaggle of these kind of players in, in one squad. It really does help you punch well above your weight, yeah. And you know, um, the the problem that Brentford face at the moment is the fact that the the thing, the very thing that encourages a lot of players to come to us is the fact that we're not going to stand in their way. And by not standing in their way, you're almost encouraging bids to come in for other people, which helps the business model progress and it and it and it keeps the, a loss, um, to, you know, for, for you know for financial fair play and for. You know, a def- running the club at a deficit, turning that into a profit, you need to sell players because the gate receipts aren't sufficient to, to keep the club ticking over. So, you know, all the time that we're technically losing money, you know, we, we are going to need to sell. Um, it, the, the pressure really is on the DOFs to to keep turning over these these the you know these 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 brilliant raw talent that can thrive in the championship and at the moment they're doing it I think technically individually our players are are more than more than capable of surviving in the championship as a team at the moment we're struggling because of injuries because of because of three or four factors players one by one if you look at them all they are cracking players all of them so the, the problem the pro, our problem isn't recruitment at the moment our problem is molding who's fit into a winning team and we're we're struggling on that front I guess in some ways I'm sort of jumping backwards but the thing that I always think inspires me with confidence about Brentford is that we clearly learn from our mistakes in terms of transfer we're clearly always tweaking 
our transfer policy, who we're bringing in, what kind of roles we're putting them into. Like we've brought in players who, for other championship squads, they might go into the first team, but we put them into the B team. We give them time to mature, get used to the kind of ethos of the club, and then we bring them in. So I think that that's really important to keep remembering that like we made a mistake that year. We brought in like eight players from abroad, and we haven't done it again. I mean, again, and we're coming back to the, the interesting again. We, well, so we have to we'll talk about the head coach situation as well because it's a fresh scenario for us as well. And we're doing this Swansea way, and we're trying to see if there's any parallels between us and them. And it's interesting because after, after Gary Monk, and then he left them. Then they had uh, right Francesco was it Grid- Gridlin as well, who uh, who just apparently he just played a completely different style of football, which didn't suit them at all. And at that stage, they were sort of scrabbling trying to keep in the Premier League you know then they brought in Bob Bradley from America which was just a really bad move uh, you know before they brought in Paul Clement and it all started to go kind of a little bit kind of wrong but what is interesting because it all stemmed from the person who was deemed as the the, the the man who was guiding the players on the pitch and you know yes there was a there was a transfer um, situation as in some of the transfers weren't right but it's also the person who they put in place and it just goes to show you how important that person may be because you can substitute players in and out you know if we didn't have a Brentford player who wasn't playing well as a midfielder we might be able to put someone for the B team and he might replace him in a minute but that, 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 that person it shows you how key that person may be and it's also very difficult to get the right person especially when you're as specific as we are you know if you get somebody like you know Harry Redknapp or you know or, 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 or the people on the conveyor belt you just pull them off the conveyor belt but we're quite specific as the type of person we are and you're always taking risks as to whether or not that person can deliver well I think as far as Swansea are concerned the best thing they've done in the last three years is to hire Graham Potter they have brought in a brilliant coach who performed wonders in a soccer outpost and backwater people wouldn't take a chance on him and look what's happened he's come in he's made bricks without straw because they've sold anything that they could move he has got them very well organised. They don't really concede too often too many goals, apart from against Norwich at home, when apparently they, it was like Santa Claus all over again. But he has, he has made so much of that team, and that shows what a brilliant coach can do in terms of organisation and making the best of what he's got. I mean, fair play to Swansea, actually. They, they, they've not stopped. They, 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 they haven't become scared of taking a risk. So, you know, taking the, the USA coach... That was a left-field thing to do. It didn't work. Paul Clement, you know, the Real Madrid bib collector, um, you know, again, he was, he was uh, again, left-field. They, they took a chance on him. It didn't work. Now, it looks like they've, they've got another, another punt that gonna, is going to turn into something good for him. It might take him two or three years, but, you know, the trajectory is probably... Well, at least he's stopped the rot. It, it seems he's stopped the rot, so he can start to build again. I just hope that we don't become scared of taking a bit of a risk, and I think we might. I think there was so there was we got the DOF's got such a lot of shit for that sort of those continentals that came in in that one summer. I think they're a little bit scared to make a mistake at the moment, which is kind of good on one hand that they're not going to be frivolous, but and I think sometimes I think they were scared not to get a striker in. The, another striker that failed, not another, you know, another tall German, namely, but it, it, they I, they may be slightly safe sometimes, and I, and, I, and that's not a criticism because I, you know I just think they they it's always good not to make a mistake. If you can avoid making a mistake, don't. 
I'm going to come to Kate in a minute, but I just want to say, just coming to that point that you were saying there, but I think there's an argument to say that, I mean, not be funny, Thomas Frank, even though from what his background and everything he's done, uh, it's probably not the safest move in the world. It's probably quite an unsafe move, and I think they're actually going out on a limb and also sticking with it there, and they're getting loads of shit because we have lost a lot of games, but they obviously see something in him that they believe is going to work. Yeah, and, I, and again, you know, the last couple of weeks, and I've, I've questioned Thomas Frank, and I said it on the radio show, last week and I said it on the podcast last week and you know I, I hope that he does turn it around and I hope I hope it is a left field choice that, that works but you know again I just I just my, 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 my hunch is it isn't but you know what, what the hell do I know <laughs> also I think we have to think about the different kinds of risks you can take right so right now we're taking risks in terms of thinking about developing football in a way that other clubs aren't or that Swansea and Southampton have and we're doing but the you know big money clubs don't so we're taking like stylistic risks right but if someone dropped a whole ton of money on us then that would be a different kind of risk because if we got that wrong and we went bankrupt in that situation that would arguably be worse or be a very different kind of risk to just you know trying things out trying to do stuff different some clubs can experiment in one way and we've got the way in which we can experiment and we seem to be experimenting carefully thoughtfully learning from it so keep doing what we're doing and it's not all one way no i agree keep doing what we're doing because you know if if failure is now deemed as surviving in the championship i'll take that all day long you know if if treading water in mid-table or the you know top 10 of the championship is is floundering then again i'll take it all day long about taking gambles and risks and it's good that we stick to our guns because it's proven that it works it's ironic that we've come out from um, under the radar just at the time when we've lost form so people are sort of beginning to laugh at us again having been ready to actually be really you know admire us but the problem we have is that the directors of football who in my view walk on water in what they've with what they've done have taken a few gambles and a few risks in terms of personnel and they've been completely stymied by injuries all our plans, in my view, for this season have gone up in smoke because of injuries. And all we can do now, in my view, is recover and at best tread water and go again. But in terms of actually going for where I believe we thought we were all going for, and that includes people at the top of the club, which was a playoffs, we can't do it this year, barring a miracle, because we don't have the horses. So, listen, I mean, forgetting the horses and the horse-drawn carts and everything like that, Swansea, we're playing Swansea on Saturday, the Swansea way. We've seen them, they were right up there, they were given lots of props, lots of credit. Um, it all went horribly wrong, it broke it down, and they're trying to build it up again. As Brentford, following in their sort of footprint, and Southampton as well. The hoofprints. The that's right. I'm just going to ask you, just going around the table here, what lessons can we learn from Swansea and where do you see us going looking at the Swansea way and just the mistakes they may have made as well? Stick to your guns. Swansea didn't. Swansea twisted and it basically got them relegated and they're now, um, they're now beginning to recover. Stick to our guns. Which is interesting, which means, in, I mean, and again, I'm just, just saying what you said, not saying it's right, but that Redford believe that the path with the Thomas Frank and the players is sticking to their guns. So that's what they believe is right now is that the right path yes i believe it will be um i don't see any reason to change how we do things look when we talk about transfer windows what we might talk about later or next week or whatever there are all sorts of permutations and maybe we might need some sort of temporary sticking plaster quick fix 
but who knows? But stick to our guns, keep playing our football. Yes, people have sussed us out to a degree, but when we get players back, we'll be back on form. Laney, any thoughts on the Swansea way, the Brentford way, and what we can do? Yeah, we need to we we need to come out of the traps a little bit quicker, and then you know get adapt to the good to firm, um, and then over the second furlong, we need to get a little bit stronger. I think. Is that your? Well, is that I'll it? More horse, more horsey rubbish. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, is that, is that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kate. Um, stick, don't twist. Don't hire Gary Monk. I'm going with poker metaphors. So stick, don't twist. With no Gary Monk. Uh, and for me, like I said to you myself, is um, it's difficult because you know we always talk about the plan, but you want to change it up a little bit. You know when you see teams coming at you, but I think that. I like the fact that Brentford have got an ethos and I think it actually really defines us as well and I suppose uh, if people believe in it and people at the club believe in it you have to stick with them but as we said a couple of weeks ago you don't stick with them you can't stick with it until it's so blatantly obvious that it's, it's, it's not going to work anymore uh, the thing is that we, we need to you know, I'm really, I'm really happy you know, us playing really lovely football and some weeks it is better and more, more effective than others but mo- most weeks we've we've looked really solid and really decent. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I hated watching the first half at West Brom. You know, we, we were we were taken apart. We were systematically dismantled. You know, it was only the fact that they were awful in front of goal that stopped it being, you know, four or five nil at half time. The fact that we've got a point out of that um, is 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 a real shot in the arm for me. Um, you know, we can be really quite positive about Saturday. So we just got to carry. You know, I'm I'm quite happy playing this plan A way. You know, I I think it's I think it's really good, pretty football. We just need to get a little bit stronger in a couple of areas. You know, a man in the middle and and the two central defenders working as a working as a unit again. So I'm, I'm happy. Okay, look, relative happiness around there. Obviously, we got a point from uh, from West Brom. We go to Swansea on Saturday. The Swansea way as a template but we probably need to tweak it a little bit to make sure that we do it the Brentford way but listen we're drinking up our drinks here because we need to run down the road we need to get down to the radio studio to go into a proper studio and talk about the West Brom game we're going to talk to Alan Tate who's a Swansea ex-Swansea player as well we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff that's happened the last week and we're going to look forward to the game on Saturday and then we're going to pop back here afterwards for a little bit of final drinkage Sport Radio with your Brentford fan show. Good evening. Um, Good evening. Why, why are you looking at me that way, Bill? We're just feeling. We're, we're, listen, we've been going. This this show. You might think this just started, but this show's been going on for a good what, half, half an hour, forty minutes. What, the pre-show meeting. The pre-show is not in the meeting. We've done the podcast. This, this is called. What's it? This the uh, the. Broadcast. You kind of loosely always describe it as a like a production meeting yeah but this was not today this is the broadcast <laughs> because we did the podcast in the pub before and then we got the radio show and then we got a podcast afterwards so we got the broadcast it's just merged into one like dj style you know what i'm saying mash up in here yeah, that's right anyway so brentford fan show <laughs> 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 uh, that guy over there is billy the b uh who was um who was more than likely uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed southwark's finest uh, ales, uh, uh, ales, and, and a bit of Bailey's uh, as well. Ba- Bailey's, mm. Bailey's, Christmas, a Christmas. No, Bailey's, no Christmas, Christmas mate, like, like Gwen from um, from Gavin and Stacey. That's right. Yeah. She was there, sitting beside me. We, mate, we've All gone. We've, we, we've gone from just the two of us last week. Just the two. It was Rome. It was Rome. It was last proper week. bromance was, going on. And then there's, 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 there's more. It's like a coach party. That's right. We did deliberately because you you weren't happy last week. Kate B's in the building with her upper middle class advent calendar. 
I am, I am. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a posh advent calendar. Why can't you have a posh advent calendar? I don't know. You do what you want, mate. Yeah. We're Brentford. We do what we want. Dave yeah. Lane, what, have you got an advent calendar? I haven't. No, I've been, I've been sadly let down this year. My kids have, but I haven't. Get you a limp one. Gravel, got yourself on? No, I've We haven't seen you for ages, by Absolutely, way. I mean, that was it. I wasn't invited back after the last no, time. No, you, yeah. In fact, you weren't, invite, you weren't invited today. I don't know, don't know how you're here. <laughs> Just turned up and I'm off. I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. Um, we're going uh, to talk about uh, Brentford's point against the Boilermen. Um, Gravel, sh- sh- close your ears, part because uh, I've got some scores. Burnley have uh, gone one goal up at home to um to, to Liverpool Jack Cork with the goal for Burnley Raul Jimenez has grabbed an equaliser uh, for Wolves at home to Chelsea but yeah we're here to talk all things Brentford yes indeed so late, listen, late late point that's right late late point at West Brom and um, Monday night game and that's why the show wasn't on Monday we've moved it to today we've swapped with the Fulham lads who are at the FSF Awards on Monday um, they thought they might win something uh, because Fulham won nothing this season, um, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it seems that things are. Just Why is ca- it always Fulham bashing on the show? Listen, but it just seems that things. Come on, we hate them. Things things carried on as they were, you know. But listen, we're worse form than them. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't mind though. <laughs> we don't mind, but listen, we don't mind. At the end of the day, look, we're good with the uh, with the Fulhamish lads, and and you know, like I said, to you good, good, you know, unlucky on on Monday night, but we were actually rooting for you because we actually did want Fulham to win something this season, and they they didn't win anything. But we listen, we. Should move on because West Brom on Monday night um, 700 odd Bees fans went up to Monday night to, to West Bromwich Albion haven't been there for 26 years and uh, not in the league not in the league well we did go in the cup you know but that didn't really count actually but we didn't go the 26 years in the league and uh, yeah it was a uh, it was good we had a good little day out we went beforehand to the vine which is a uh, basically a, a desi pub bit of curry beforehand you know you know I'm, I'm a fan of the sportsman oh, yeah, the sport oh, yeah we were told about the sportsman actually great place yeah connor just connor. had a refurb yeah that's right connor told us it was Excellent. a wicked wicked little place Why, did he need one yeah yes yeah okay. yeah it was like a it was like a think of a hounslow school dining hall it's like bacteria and chips that's exactly what it was but now it's actually they've got like tile floors and everything now that's okay. right so yeah we went there and, the, and to be fair the, the, the West Brom fans were, were cool beforehand because that's before the, they actually had missed about 75 chances in the first half so uh, they weren't probably as friendly after the game because they were so they were crying and sort of tears in their eyes but um but yeah Brentford you know we did what we had to do we went up there it wasn't the easiest and it wasn't the prettiest of games and we didn't have the best performance particularly in the first half but at the end of the day, we, we did what we had to do. We got a point out of the game, and we were very, very happy. Yeah, but we did to them what so many other teams have done to us. So we hoist them with our own petard, whatever that means. I'm very happy. So one point for December. Yeah, let's just not feel like guilty for like taking an no undeserved point. No, no, no. But there, there is, there is, there is a, a little bit of like you know all their fans giving it to us. You, you undeserving. Yeah. So what? You know, that's that's football. You may have had twenty chances. You didn't. You only took one, and we may have only had two, and we we took one. So you know, that's the way it is. So I think that means we're not undeserving because they didn't score a bunch of goals, and we did score a goal when it counts. We, we so, could have, we could have won it. Mar- yeah. That Marcondes, yeah, th- that yeah. shot, that's. Save yeah. was an amazing save. You know what I mean. I, I still feel that their keeper could have done a bit more for your goal. But oh no. no chance! It was a perfect header. He, he just stood there and watched. Yeah, but fair. it was past him in about half a second. No yeah. chance. Yeah. Perfect. We, we were we were right behind the goal, and you could see exactly when the ball came across, and you could see it was almost like a slow motion, and his head just went bong. It was the power, the power of the ball. I tell you something. Um, 
other than Malpay in the last minute, which was, oh, it's at Fulham again last season, where, where you went <laughs> absolutely ballistic. It was brilliant. But that was a really, really good feeling because West Brom, we actually went there thinking we weren't going to get anything. Like Fulham last year, we thought we were going to get something, but we didn't think we were going to get anything out of this game at all for the whole game. And especially in the first half, literally we were out of it. We, and everyone said, oh, we should be 5-0 down. Half time, second half, we came into it a little bit. When they scored, we thought it was all over. But when he scored that goal, I mean, fans went down the bottom. There was all sorts of stewards. I think people were getting ejected and all sorts of nonsense was, was, it was going a, on. Was it a kerfuffle? There was more than a kerfuffle going on on, 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 on Monday <laughs> night, I tell you. So, trust me, you know. But it was good. And it was did, you, good did you see the boiler? No, Boiler, boiler wasn't boiler to be seen. Wasn't no, no, I think Boiler's not a law supporter, to be honest with you. you know, he only comes out for the big games. Fair with the you, fan. You know, so, but yeah, it was good. But also the really positive thing about Monday night is one of those things where, again, a lot of people went because maybe they'd booked up and they thought, let's go to West Brom, haven't been there for years. But the atmosphere on the, on the terrace and the stands was brilliant. Everybody was up for it from the first minute to the 90th minute. There's a lot of terrorist humour, a lot of, you know, going on. Um, also, what, was, what I think was really good is that you had the Brentford fans and the West Brom fans side by side. So, they, yeah, the little fence, just like at Bristol City, if you go down there as well. So, and I think that when you get two fans side by side, it actually kind of really gets the atmosphere going. So, they had their drummer boy that were there. And, of course, everyone takes the, the mickey out of the drummer boy. And uh, they were very quiet for them Brentford fans were really noisy singing all their songs all the way through um, but yeah it was a really good and everyone just got behind it and when they scored that goal it was almost like the culmination of 90 minutes of togetherness I've got to say as well when you, when you watch back on the TV all you can hear is Brentford singing and, and, and I think you know whether, whether that's placement of microphones or not God only knows but you know I, th- I, I thought that was impressive on the listen back it was great no, no sign of Bing Crosby no, no, drummer no, boy. No, oh, no, no, no. Christmas joke. Uh, James Milner has grabbed an equaliser for Liverpool. It's an instant reply for uh, the Red Men. He's scored. It's Burnley one, Liverpool one, Wolves two, Chelsea one. Way. Diogo Jota with the. Go- Are you listening? Yeah, I've heard it. Fair enough. Uh, Diogo Jota <laughs> with the goal. Tottenham two, Fake Southampton nil. Lucas Moura with the goal for Spurs. We'll keep you up to date with everything else that goes on this evening's Love Sport Radio uh, with Be Sorted. Up next, we're going to be uh, taking a step back in time, heading back to the pub and hearing from uh, the fans on Monday night. That's right. Love Sport, 558 AM. It was fantastic. We played really well. Lucky to get it, but we got it, and the fighting is still there, so we're, we're still in it. Yeah, I, you know what? To be fair, I thought we played well. I thought they were a great team, really good team, and when they went one up, I thought maybe a bit of damage invitation, but we kept coming at them. It's about the best I've seen us play under Thomas Frank by Miles. I thought we played well. McCondes back, Ben Marmar's looking good. When, we, when they're all back, we're a good team. Frank played us out well today. I can't fault him at all. I thought when he bought McLeod on, I thought bring on De Silva, and McLeod scored a goal, so fair play to Frank. Let's get behind him. We rode our luck, and uh, sometimes that's what you need in life, in all, all walks of life. And uh, fair play to them. They stuck with it. You know, they had to fat battle every minute of the game, and... Uh, I'm worried about some of the injuries that we've incurred. Uh, let's just hope they're short-lived. I mean, you look at the number of games that we've lost where we've had 68% possession and, and, and you blow it. So, yeah, the, the more a team do that and they don't put them away, you know what happens, Billy? It's happened to us. It's happened in reverse today for a change. Tonight has been fantastic. Everybody that was in there today was behind the boys. I've, I've read so much negativity on Twitter and other parts of social media. Uh, but, listen, people had to be there tonight. The support was there. Frank got his um, back in. He got the cheering from the crowd. 
everybody's behind the team. Not the greatest performance, but what a good result. I don't think West Brom are that good. I really don't think they're that good. If they'd have played against us from the, the beginning of the season, we'd have beaten them, we'd have battered them. Every now and again, all the years we've been all been through this, over the years, all the rubbish, all the sh- Even this year, we love our team. We're in the Championship fifth year running. We all, we all love that, we all know that. But tonight, that was in my all-time top probably 15 ever best celebrate Brentford goals oh my god oh my god I'll have a headache for a month initially I thought you know what it is papering over the cracks but you know on second thought sometimes it's that 95th minute equaliser that could turn the season round in the same way on Thomas Frank's first game when we lost with a late goal to Bristol City I thought maybe that put him on a downward spiral it works the same way I think this could put us on a positive spiral so maybe it is but I don't think we were that bad before so I think a bit of momentum a bit of an upturn in fortunes this could be the positive turn we need. West Brom have got a great scoring record this season, but you only get goals if you put the ball in the net, and it proved that it must it must have been the way the defence was playing to make sure that those attacks that looked like they were gimmies uh, turned out to be far more difficult, and, they, and, and say it was a, a good defensive display. They, their performance is dictated by how well we, in the end... Gave resistance to their attack. Rico went Rico, off. Yeah, that was a shame. He was coming over to the crowd at the end, so I'm sort of hopeful that that was just a bit of a precautionary because I thought he was brilliant at left back tonight. He was sort of uh, put in twice the shift really that Dalsgaard or Barbe put in recently, in my opinion. He was a real step up. So Ben Rama back, I thought he was lively. He was looking to beat his man, doing everything that. To be honest, Canos hasn't been doing this season. Um, getting to the touchline, dri- driving it in. It doesn't work every time, but it gets the the opposition on the back foot. So he only came on for a, for a little bit tonight, but I thought he made a real difference. So you need one of him and Watkins on the pitch, I think. The fact that we've had both of them missing has been a real part of the reason we've been struggling. So hopefully both of them will start on Saturday and we can be on the front foot. Well, when you've lost six out of seven games, you just is a major confidence thing. Losing becomes a habit. And- I think they will take a lot of positives from tonight. Yep, we didn't play well. Yep, we got absolutely, we could say murdered for 90 minutes, but they came out with a point and that should give them a lift going forward. We have got some winnable games coming up. You think of Swansea, Hull, Bolton. The point is now to try and build on it. And yeah, it's definitely a confidence thing, but that, they'll take a lot of heart from that tonight. Um, but yeah, they're nowhere near the bees that were at the start of the season. We can all see that, but little by little, they'll get back there. Fingers crossed. Here you go. The fans in the pub uh, having their say. Liverpool have grabbed a second away at uh, at Burnley at Turf Moor it's Bobby Firmino with the goal Roberto Firmino to, to everyone else that's what they call him though uh, Human Son has grabbed Spurs a third at home to Southampton uh, Kelvin Davis his managerial debut uh, Leicester have scored away at Fulham James Madison <laughs> with the goal and his return hey. from suspension <laughs> Why are you, Aaron, why are you crying? You are crying now. How, you look so upset. Oh, I've never seen man. a man look so sad. So many tears. Let so it many out, tears. man. Just let it out. Let, let it go. Let it all out. Don't <laughs> bottle it Fulham, up, man. Fulham won. Leicester won. Yeah. Oh. This obsession with Fulham you got, Bill, is just... It's just it's me. It's just a Brentford thing, man. It's obsession you know with Fulham, you know, man. You know. It's just like you with you know all these Leeds <laughs> and Man City and all that. Nonsense. Leeds and Man City? Leeds? Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, mate, not Leeds anymore. It's all about Liverpool, pal. Ah, it's all about Liverpool. There you go. 
to get anyone else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Leicester City have grabbed an equaliser at Craven Cottage. James Madison with the goal. They're still 1-1 between Manchester United and Arsenal. And we just heard from the fans in the pub afterwards. Was that in the void? No, it wasn't in the pub. It was actually in the streets, on the terraces, all over the place, on the train. You know, we just went, we went multi on this one. Nice. Yeah, it was good. It was different. Cross country. Yeah, it was cross country. Yeah, well, not cross country rail. It's actually Virgin Rail, but Fair different, point. you know, but we don't mention brands on this show, do we? But this we do, actually. <laughs> other, other train services are available. That's right, they are. You know, there wasn't that 10 past 11 on uh, the Monday night. There's only one train service available back home, and we all got on it, which is very good. But listen, we listened to the fans, and they were so really happy. It. Yeah, they were very, very happy on uh, after the game. Um, people had seen things that they felt that they'd never seen before. Right? Sort of thinking, right, how are we going to sort of kind of go back home again after losing, what, eight games out of nine or something ridiculous? So the fact that we hadn't done, I think people are so joyous. It's almost like they, they were seeing things in front of their eyes, and, you know, people have said that they know it's the best goal they've ever seen in their life and everything like that, which is good because that's just really depicts what football is about. It's like that moment was a really, really important moment for 700 fans on that terrace and people at home as well. Well, it's only an important moment if we build on it. If we lose at home to Swansea, we lose at Hull, we get a point against Bolton, then it means nothing. Yeah, but that's you being really sensible, Greville. I mean, yeah, at the I moment, know, when you I'm really live for that I'm moment, the only, that I'm moment the only sober one important. here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you should have had a couple more of those rosé wines that you were drinking. Yeah. Um, in terms of building on it, I think there was a lot of things that uh, that were really positive that we haven't seen for the past few weeks. Point. Uh, yeah, well, definitely, definitely a point. <laughs> Cuddling the point. But... Sawyer's two shots from distance. When was the last game that you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not commenting on the calibre of the shot, but when was the last game that you saw Sawyer's? You sound take? like a proud parent at sports. That it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. the case. If he finished last, he had to go. Hey, but, 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 but he did. But equally, you know, West Brom, they they had like maybe seven or eight clear cut like absolute should have been a goal chances they fluffed them because they were even worse at shooting than us and the the goal they did score was because of a, a clear foul on Nesri Konsa you've got someone who's put both hands into Konsa's back pushed him out of the way and you know they, they've tucked him you know it was a good finish but it, it you know VAR would have ruled that out so you know we, we, we could have won that 2-0 it would have been it would have been a miracle for that to have happened but I mean, looking especially at, at Christmas. Look at <laughs> looking at it um, <laughs> from another point of view. Thomas Frank in his pre-match turned around and said that you know uh, West Brom are one of the most you know the, the better attacking teams in the division. I'm not sure if he quite said the best, but he did say they are an excellent attacking team. So the fact that you know you, you you've gone there and you've conceded one goal rather than four when they put seven past QPR and, and you know, they've put a few more past other teams. Don't ever, ever compare us to QPR again. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they're, they're above Brentford. For now. Ooh. For now. It's a nine-month season. That's a yeah. nine-month season. It's a marathon, not sprint. So, so listen, it's interesting because you were talking <laughs> about stats. I mean, the fact is that one of the questions that we did ask is that, you know, we were delighted about them. And listen, you know, listen, Brentford fans are pretty, pretty balanced and pretty fair. You know, if you listen to, like I said, that post-watch podcast, a lot of the fans say we, we, we were lucky. You know, we, we, we got away with uh, Blue Murder, but we got the goal and we deserved to get, you know, we scored a goal, we got a goal, we deserved a point. Um, 
But if you looked at the balance of that game, like I said to you, is uh, we're saying, were we papering over the cracks? Now, if you look at a couple of the stats, and you have to look at a little bit of stats because it gives you a little bit of information. Um, you know, there was 23 shots from West Brom to 13 of ours, which is probably closer than you thought with 20 of West Brom and 11 from Brentford in open play. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was as, as, as clear-cut one-sided as it would have been. I think probably the situation is that West Brom had a lot of chances which were really really clear open goals um, the passing normally Brentford are normally sort of 450 500 passes a game or maybe even a little bit above that but this one it just goes to show you the domination where West Brom are 500 passes to our 400 passes as well and uh, they had 35 crosses to 14 crosses so we weren't you know they were able to get the ball down that right hand side cross the ball into the middle and do what they uh, what they wanted with it we, we had 14 crosses so it shows that we were we weren't really getting into the mixer as, as they say um like i said you most of our their attacks went down our right wing uh sorry down their left wing which is our right which is dalsgaard's side as well which is maybe something that we want to talk about a lot of people felt that he was being exposed and he wasn't playing well other people were saying that you know they were had two or three players on him which enabled him to 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 not do certain things but you know you could see how this game was going greville didn't you yeah absolutely i think the good thing about it is we could have been dead and buried at half-time, but we came back in the second half and actually we looked a bit, little bit more like Brentford. We started pinging the ball around a bit quicker. We started pressing a bit higher. We started getting players wider. We started getting our wingers into the game. We looked like Brentford light in the second half and frankly we've looked like Brentford turgid for the last six weeks. <laughs> Very good. We're going to carry on uh, talking about... Brentford in the uh, in the next part of the show talking about Nico Yanaris as well as some injuries and Karen looking back at the West Bromwich Albion game plus we're going to have uh, a bit of a look ahead to the uh, the Swansea game as well with Alan Tate a little bit later on this Love Sport Radio we'll bring you some more scores next this is Love Sport <laughs> talking about the Bradford New Stadium it is springing up nicely I do my inspection every day I go and have a little bit of a look from the bridge it looks delightful stand that bridge no from the M4 only, only one drone allowed apparently though apparently there's a bit of a drone sort of kind there of is drone wars drone yeah drone wars yeah. On, on Facebook what is it good for absolutely yeah. nothing I'm, I'm, I'm on a stadium group on Facebook yes where you know you, it is I know, it's Each really sad own. it's really sad but do you know what actually it's quite interesting because people post like pictures of stadiums and stuff it's quite you know like alternative like you know from drones and all that yeah. and someone's been with a drone to the Brentford Stadium it looks really good yeah but there's a rumour that the, the drone that you may have seen is, might have been banned and there might be another drone taking its place what an official drone Mm, possibly it might be an official drone you know it's, it's going to be like yeah. be like it's going to be like Battle of Britain over there it's going to be like Spitfires and Battle of Battle of Drondon anyway looking, <laughs> back, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. looking back um, do you want to talk Nico Yanaris maybe well Nico Yanaris is um Nico Yanaris is uh, is off. Well, we talked about it again on the Besotted Pride of West London podcast on the as you could hear Pride of West dot London back in the summer, and we said Nico Yanaris looks like he's off. Nico is off to China. 
I never so, thought. You, so you realise we keep saying things until they ha- actually happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At some <laughs> yeah. stage in the future. Yeah, we've we've been enough. out there two times actually negotiating the deal just to make sure it does happen. Actually, it's cost more us. pays off to Liverpool. Yeah, so it's cost us. It's, it's cost us <laughs> a lot of money. The championship. You know. but, yeah. Do you know what club he's going to? Yes, he's going to Beijing Guan Sinobo Guan. Okay, and uh, what's happened is that it's taken a bit of time because he's actually got Chinese mother. He's got his grandparents are from Guangdong province in china as well and wow they're just doing they're just flipping the rules a little bit he's uh, nico yanaris is going to be signed actually as a domestic import yeah so as opposed to actually being excuse me did i did i not say on this podcast in the summer that he was going to play for china did i did he's going to be the captain of china yeah we talked about that so so they're basically he's nash going through nationalization at the moment now to become chinese what's guan you know so that's it so uh yeah so they're going to overcome the the rules for foreign players so they'll be able to bring him in there's another player actually from norway as well coming for called john hugh sota from uh, from norway so there's two of them coming in and they're going through the whole process their season starts again in march so they're hoping to have him in March and he's going to become naturalised and he's going to play for China um, no, he's going to play for Beijing that and sounds painful this naturalisation well. process yeah which is, which is which is all good for him so that's interesting because obviously all change at Brentford very quickly uh, there's been a goal at Old Trafford and it's Arsenal who have scored it through Mar- uh, Alexander Lacazette Marcos Rojo genuinely um, I have no words there are no words he's lost the ball he's actually passed it straight to Lacazette I mean not even like a forward pass it was a sideways pass to say hey go for it go go through on goal he's gone through on goal and then he's tried to two foot him but hold on a minute whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Manchester United have equalised Manchester United have equalised Alexander Lacazette got the goal for Arsenal but United have gone up the other end and it's Jesse Lingard with the goal for United what a game at Old Trafford yeah, anyway coming back to the podcast uh, yeah. to the radio <laughs> <laughs> Listen, actually, we say we get confused. Oh, you wait till Fulham score. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So, yeah, this is a broadcast anyway, as we say to you, because it's a podcast mixed in with a radio show, the broadcast here. But what else were we talking about here? We were talking about Nico Yanaris. So, look, it's going to change things for Brentford, isn't it, Kate? Well, I just, I think that, I think I will. I feel like we will survive the loss of Nico Yanaris, but I also feel like we should acknowledge the the kind of spirit that he's given to the team, the oh, effort that he's put in. And like, you remember that moment where he went off to Wickham and we all thought that was his swan song. Yeah, exactly. Off you go. Bye-bye. Done deal. It was quite good there. And yeah, and he came back and he carved out a place for himself in the team. I like Sam and, Saunders. Oh, don't. Um, we miss Sammy Saunders. Yeah, but Love him. But, it, but, but Nico Yanaris has, has, <laughs> has done a good job of like coming back Making a place his own, doing some work. He scored some phenomenal goals last season, mm-hmm. and he's worked really hard for us. And it's sad to see him go, if we will survive. But yeah. Nico Yanaris has pretty much nil value in this country. I can't yeah. think people will pay money. Look what we got for Lasse Vibe from China in January this year. And if we don't get seven figures, and I'm talking about sterling, not yen, for him, <laughs> then I'd be very, very surprised. So we will, again, Brentford, we buy low and we sell high. I'd swap yeah. sterling for Janaris. <laughs> 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 uh, especially really? if he's tired. Yeah. yeah. So, but listen, so Nico, you know, great. So, and at one stage, he was almost, he was basically almost like the first name on the team sheet as well, about a year and a half he's ago. Captain. Captain. Yeah, he's yeah, captain yeah. as well. So, you know, and he's goes, done well. Yeah, yeah, he's done well. Don't diss him. He's done very well. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, no yeah, one's dissing yeah, yeah. him at all. He's here, been Brevin. a great servant for yeah. us. Yeah, you've yeah, done, yeah, exactly. pres- done the presume. Yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> you've done the yeah. old presume. No one's dissing anyone here, Revel. Don't worry about that. 
<laughs> we do, I just want to talk, and we're just flipping as well, just uh, as we like to do. We, we flipped from left to right as you sort of brought in your Man United thing, which we didn't really want to talk about, but you brought it in anyway. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Brentford business here because over in Italy, because Brentford are playing in Italy today, the B team are playing Brescia at the moment. And Joe Hardy's just scored a wicked goal, just chipped it over the goalkeeper. We looked at it absolutely teething tremendous, as they say, as Brentford beat Brescia 4 3 in Italy today the B team in their first game in our European tour have you been playing a European tour are you with Man United many oh, yeah, okay. many <laughs> European tours not like our one though, you can't beat a Brentford win in Italy can no, you Bill I'll tell you no no we were there you know, uh, Ascoli Anglo-Italian Anglo-Italian yeah. Ascoli did you go Ascoli did you go Ascoli? No, no, no 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 92-93 just, uh, just Milan I tell you what I went to uh, I didn't realise Liam Brady played for Ascoli did you know that no I didn't know yeah, that. Juventus yeah exactly yeah. Juventus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't yeah. like none of that didn't Juventus you spoke Italian <laughs> <laughs> right Let's take a pause because on the way back, I mean, on my running order, it says we're going to be talking about WANs, which is a wide area network, isn't it? No, we've already talked, we've already done that section. No, but no, we were talking about. In fact, no, I think we need, are we going to get the Oppo view? Paddy says we're going to get the Oppo view, so we're going to do that. We're going to get him right now. We've got to thought we talked to him a little bit later, isn't it? No, we'll get the Oppo view. Go on, Pad, do what you want, mate. Pa- Paddy's in charge. Paddy's it's in Love charge. Sport Radio 931. The Opposition View on Love Sport. Yeah, time for the opposition view. Time to uh, get on that former Swansea City man and all-round legend at the club. His name is uh, is Alan Tate. Alan, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, very well. Thanks, pal. Very well. Uh, good to have you on board. Um, you know, a, a few seasons of struggle in the Premier League for Swansea, culminating in uh, in relegation. Was that? You know, I've got I've got Swansea, you know, pals who said that that was the right move for the club to go down and and sort of find their identity again. They felt they they got swallowed up by the Premier League and sort of its sanitised environment. Would you agree that you know you are on your way back in terms of finding that identity that you had before? We're definitely on the right track for the identity, yeah. And I, I agree with what you said, sort of about the, the Premier League. We, we were sort of firefighting for, for three seasons, really. New management coming in. There, the Swansea City way that you'd associate with the Swansea City way sort of went out the window for a for a needs must situation really. And to be fair, like you see with a lot of clubs that last so long, but in the end it, it gets here and it, it got us. And at, at the minute the, the new managers come in and the new setup and it is looking to get back to how what you class as a Swansea City side. It's, it's going to take a long time. It's not going to come. Quick, it's not going to come back quickly. I mean, it took us. It took us seven years to, to establish that identity, so you're not going to get it back overnight. But um, the, the signs, the signs are definitely good. Hello, Alan. This is Billy here. How are you doing? Hiya, Billy. How are you? you okay? I'm not bad, mate. Yeah, we'd be down the pub earlier because we we got we're doing a podcast today. So this is the podcast and the radio show. So we did the the earlier session down the pub, and we decided to talk about the Swansea way because we thought it was very important. And we, we were worried because Brentford are sometimes. Um, uh, equated to Swansea doing similar type things the way that we buy our players or we've got a manager with a particular style of playing and obviously we're going through a rocky patch at the moment I'm just wondering are there any similarities that you see between us and is there any advice that you give Brentford to, to make sure we stay on the right path just stick, you, stick to your beliefs really and if that's how um, I know uh, obviously the manager before he went after Villa liked to, liked to play that way Mark Warburton was pretty similar in the way he, he wanted to play in the beliefs and I, I imagine Brentford are employment is out out of their their beliefs and the beliefs that match the style of the club, which is what we tended to do when we had when we had a particular style of player that I said to come back now. And um, I think 
to not come away from it through a through a knee smush because, like I said, it, it sort of come back to bite us in the Premier League and we come away from the sort of the way we 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 were associated with and end of the day it, it got us whether it was two year later, three year later, it did, it did get you. So you might as well uh, looking back, you might as well have gone gone down after a year, but stick to your principles and that's all like that's all like you can never do. I think if you stick to your principles and it doesn't work, and at least you know you, you've failed on 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 your your terms as a manager. And I think that's that's the the, the the main ingredient really. If it's not even if it's not going well, stick to stick to what you believe in. So, um, hi, hi mate, it's, it's Dave, Dave here. Um, got, hi, Dave, got, okay. yeah, yeah, very good. I, I need to take you back to um, Birmingham City days, and uh, um, you uh, you uh, you got sent off at, at Brentford, did you not? I did Boxing Day, yeah. Yeah, can you, can, you, can, you, can, you, can you talk me talk me through that and what <laughs> happened immediately afterwards? Uh, nothing, nothing happened. I just got sent off. It was two, it was two mistakes. I think the worst thing was we, my parents had travelled down from the northeast, so they were late getting down, and then they'd only they'd only watched the game for ten minutes, and I ended up getting sent off. So my dad wasn't too happy with me. But um, no, it was it was two fouls on Marcus Gale. Funny enough, I've, I've seen Marcus a few times since I've been coaching because he's, he's come in and done the done the racism awareness with with the young players and it's something we we had a laugh about really. But you can't you can now you can now. But it was it wasn't funny at the time. Trust me. No, Mar- right in the Mar- top Marcus well is a Marcus is a lovely guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. And that, that was at Swansea, wasn't it? At Swansea, not Birmingham. Oh, yeah. sorry, mate. No, it was at Brentford. I got sent off in the yeah, top corner. Yeah, for Swansea. Yeah, when you were, that's when you were playing for Swansea. That's right, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that's that was also, if you remember rightly, that was the playoff year. That's the year because yeah. we, I think we beat you in that game and then we went top of the league and we thought we were having yeah. it then, didn't we? You must... Yeah, then we turned it over in the playoffs. So nah. that, was, that was quick for me. Yeah, that was very... Leon Knight. Leon Knight. Leon Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well... So yeah. What, what, can, what can Brentford fans expect from Graham Potter and, uh, and, and Swansea City? Something that is pretty similar to what you've seen before in terms of the way we pass, the way we move. I wouldn't say it was a set, a set 4-3-3 because it's not. Sometimes he goes with a 5, sometimes he goes 4-3-3. Um, so I couldn't sit and tell you exactly how, how he's going to go as obviously a lot of people know in football he didn't set up any particular way like to pick a team that can, that can change in, in games and there's no like I said there's no sort of way he's going to go definitely go 4-3-3 there's no possible definite way I can say he's going to go 3-5-2 and that's, that's something that he's good at he keeps, he keeps everyone on the toes he keeps opposition managers on the toes he keeps uh, players on the toes and, and, and this season as well because I mean the interesting thing at the beginning of the season, if you ask any of the pundits, they were like going, you know, you know, Crystal Ball to them. It's like they're so they get played all this money. And you ask them who's going to go up this season. They went, oh, I think Stoke City, or oh, they're going to do it. And I think also Swansea, you know, and they basically put all the teams that got relegated. We're going to go go up again. Obviously West Brom, who we played on Monday night. You know, they're looking yeah. like they're scoring a few goals, bit bit dodgy in defence, but you know they might sort that out. Stoke City, you see them all over the place. They're up and down. Swansea are you did you know you're kind of up there at the beginning of the season, but you seem to be a kind of bit of a, a black and white side where you you're neither here nor there. Where do you see I yourself going? That, 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 no, that, that's just what you get. You get good performances from young lads who are enthusiastic, but what you get with young lads as well is mistakes. And mistakes at a very good level that the plane cost costs you games and ultimately the, the, the only you're ever going to learn by making these mistakes. And I think for us as a club, we've just got to be patient with them and that's, that's fine because everyone's bought into it because the playing style is back. So 
we we not too. I don't th- I don't think we'll win the league. Um, I think if we get anywhere in the top half, it'll be a bonus. We don't want to put any pressure on these kids. We just want to want them to go out and enjoy themselves and play the way we know they can. But like I said, you're not going to get consistency with it. I think everyone around the club's fine with that. Yes, we want to win games, but ultimately we we, we know it's a, it's a tough ask for these young lads. Okay. How would uh, Alan take the defender of playing it against Oliver McBurney? Because I think he's your danger man, isn't he? He is, yeah. He is. He's, he's our top scorer. Um, me as a defender, I'd like to think I was more experienced and I wouldn't I wouldn't get caught up in how Ollie plays. And I'm not going to tell you how Ollie plays, so I don't want to give too much away about him. <laughs> so we already know, mate. We tell know. you, you've seen him. You've got he all gets the... goals. Yeah. He gets goals, that'll do. You've got the stats. So listen, Alan, score prediction. Saturday, what do you reckon? Score prediction, I am going to go 1-1 uh, draw. I don't think any of us are in re- really good form. I think we'll be a, I think a 1-1 one, one draw will probably suit us more than you, but uh, okay. hopefully we'll, we'll go there and get to it. Wicked. And also, how long, Alan, how long have you been in the game? About sort of 20, 25 years, is it? 30 years? Six, six, 20 years. 20, 20 years. years 20, and I've got to ask you, have you ever been on a broadcast? <laughs> have I ever been on a what? A broadcast. I like, haven't noticed like, you, David. Oh, this is your first broadcast, mate. I'll tell you something, you <laughs> could put that down, mate. Put it into your into your trophy cabinet. That's it. You know, we're, we're, tro- trophies lost in the post. <laughs> That's right. Plaques, plaques <laughs> in the post now. Plaques yeah. in the post. No problem. That, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us yeah, this evening, yeah. Alan Tate, <laughs> former uh, Brentford. In fact, former former um, Swansea defender. Never played on, on, on the Brentford fan show. Um, very quickly, there are full-time scores around the country. Can I? Am I allowed to to rattle them off? Yeah. No, you can. As long as it doesn't yeah. involve the F word. Uh, Burnley, Burnley, what well, it does? Burnley won. Liverpool three is a full-time score. Everton won. Newcastle won. Fulham won. Leicester City won. And the sounds of the Jeff Beck group are pumping out around Molyneux because it's finished. Oh, Wolverhampton yeah. Wanderers 2, Chelsea 1. That's exactly one. Hi ho, Wolverhampton. What yeah. a big tune it is. Wolverhampton. Mm. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, it's Manchester United 2, Arsenal 2, Tottenham 3, Southampton. They've still got about eight or so minutes to play in those games. It's last ball radio. We're going to take a short pause and we're back on the other side. We'll continue looking ahead to the game against uh, Swansea City. Love Sport, 558am. Yeah, South Sport Radio with the uh, the besotted Rodcast. That's right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we go back to the public. Yeah, that's it. What's that? The post broad pod. We gotta finish it off, man. We gotta just right. finish it off with a bit of Christmas cheer. Play. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, we're looking at Brentford's um, Brentford's recruitment policy, and uh, we're we're asking, do Brentford need to change their tact? And from what I thought said, ones on my sheet, it says loans. That's right. Because um, listen, we were properly in. We, I mean, we were called Loanford. When we were in Division 1, that's what they called us down at the, the other station, which not Love Sport, but the other sport yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we won't mention their name because the well, other I, stations I, are available. One clown did. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They called us Loanford because we had a policy that well, we would sign players on loan. And uh, we signed quite a few players on loan and then we'd eventually look to buy them. And we were doing very well. And obviously teams, you know, supporters and especially media supporters of other teams don't like it when you're doing well. So they started to call us names like Loanford and saying our system was really rubbish until we got promoted and we haven't played them again in about six years. And 
and uh, they're probably thinking differently that what Brentford had decided they thought that the loan system really worked really well for us because we bought players like Harley Dean and um, and and and, and Bidwell and uh, Forshaw I think as well. Did we Canos bought, come in on loan actually? Canos came on loan as well, so we bought those players because I think at the time people thought Brentford are a joke. So <laughs> with this team, yeah, they got a Brentford. No worry about it. But because we've done so well since then we had Pritchard was the main example of that we had a fantastic season we got to the playoffs Pritchard was fantastic he was nowhere to be seen before he came to Brentford got a great year and then when it came to the end of the season we tried to buy him absolutely no chance that we could buy him Tottenham said we're going to keep him and his value had gone up to 11 million or whatever and we were just out of the picture and Brentford tried this a few times and we found it really difficult and then they thought what we'll do especially developing the the B team thing we'll instead we'll develop our own players and bring them through instead of developing other teams players for them and it's done us well because obviously Chris Meppham's come through and a few other players are coming through with that but what a few fans have been saying, and quite a lot of few fans have been saying, is that, you know, when we're in a situation at the moment now, which may be a few sticky little situations where we need certain players to fill in, we've got problems up front, we've got injuries, we've got just situations which we can't help, wouldn't it help if we brought in a loan player, even if it is for six months, half a year, or a year, to help us in this situation and help us to rise? And also, if we look at other teams like West Bromwich Albion, we played them the other day. You know, they've got players like, was it Harry Barnes? It's uh, Dwight York, you know, Sam Johnson as well. They're all on loan and they've come in there, you know. And also, you know, Derby County, Harry Wilson. Dwight York. Dwight York. Sorry, D- Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight York did try and play for them as well, you know. But it was, uh, he was all over the place. I'm another Bailey. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, Harry Wilson, Mason Mount, and uh, it's at Fialco Tamari as well at, at Derby County. So they've brought these loan players in with the view that we'll play them. Most of those players, they've got no chance of signing, but they're thinking if they can help us to get to the Premier League or raise up and re- and help to raise our players' game as well, it works for us. I think I think maybe it, it slightly it, it went slightly wrong because we started to bring these loan players in. It was like loan to buy. And that, that was the reason we were doing it. We were getting players from the under-21s, uh, various different teams. Like Jeffrey Schlupp came in. You know, he was a great player. The other, you know, Paul Skulls came in. Oh, no, sorry, not Paul Skulls. No, no. no. It was like a low-rate mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, you know, we, we were plundering the, the under-23s or under-21s at, at premiership teams, people that weren't getting um, proper game time, persuading them that they could flourish at Brentford and then and then get, getting them in like Harley Dean was a prime example you know he was Southampton, Southampton you know um, tipped to, to be you know to, to be a Prem player um, you know whether he fulfills that we, 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 you know time will tell but you know I think at the moment we're at this weird position where for the next season now or the season after was they're going to limit the amount of loan players that the premiership clubs can have out so at the moment Chelsea have got 300 players out or whatever it is on loan it's become their business they're going to cap that at whatever it might be I think it's you know it's seven seven so that may help us there's going to be there's going to be um, a lot of great talent that Chelsea can't farm anymore and they they need to find game time, so they will Someone, come to Brentford. Someone's going to eventually have to buy Michael hmm. Hector as well. <laughs> I'm not sure about uh, that. Actually. Lurking around <laughs> yeah, somewhere, yeah. being forgotten about since he left Reading. You know, Just, don't really this, know. This policy will help us because basically, if we can pick up new talent for the B team, because teams now have to sell players rather than loan them, that's great. I'm very happy if Brentford 
develop their own players. I don't think we should be paying other clubs to develop their players if there's no chance of us signing them. Of course I'd love a Mason Mount, but what's the point? And he's probably earning 30 grand a week or something like that. We, we're not in that league. I but bet you see, we can't afford to buy homegrown players. But so. they've, you, they've brought in Tamori and, and Mount from Chelsea. Yeah. That's and because that's Liverpool. and Liverpool from Liverpool, Liverpool because Jody Morris is is such a successful guy at Absolutely. that level that they know that their player is going to get the right sort of nutrients if you like and it's funny because I've been having this conversation with the guys from Wimbledon and we were talking and we were doing a bit of comparison with um, Wickham Wanderers under Gareth Ainsworth who you know has built himself a really good reputation as like nurturer of young talent I mean look at that Brentford let him have Yanaris and Saunders in one hit. That, that's crazy for a club who had no money but he's then gone on he's managed to poach on your dimmer Fred on your dimmer from Millwall who's played 150 old games for Millwall he's firing he's managed to bring Craig McHale Smith in who's a really good striker at league one level and league two at league two level he brought in McHale Smith he brought in Akin Fenway yet Wimbledon can't do that and I you know I've spoken to so many different people who said it's simply because other managers trust them to look after their assets like you know you've got to trust someone to say you know are you going to give are you going to be playing the style of football that's going to you know ruin my player or make him a better one and they trust Ainsworth Will we, we say would we send Joe Hardy to uh, Wally Downs then at Wimbledon is the, is no, the question not. but you, you find that a lot don't you once once you know you, you say like Frank Lampard and um, and Jody Morris at Derby County they're kind of in the loop of what's going on at Chelsea so they'll, they'll plunder for a short term until you're out of the information chain and then it then it dries up you know like any you know when when um Uwe Rosler went to Wigan he, he, he was taking Brentford players for a short period of time and then all of a sudden he doesn't know what's happening next so that so that that supply chain finishes so you know Derby may benefit in the in the short to medium term from the Chelsea information but then it will dry up but it's also about having a development development pathway you know Brentford could easily have signed a lone striker in August, and maybe now we wish we had, but they saw a way through for Marcel Force, and they saw that why why pay to develop someone else's player when Force can be in the first team squad, and they expected him probably to play five or six games between August and December, but of course the plans are screwed because he's injured. So again, plan B, maybe plan B could be to make an exception in January and bring in one lone player, and we all know what it's what it should be, some big nice man to sit in front of the front (laughs) in front of the back four and actually cover now if we actually brought in a 27 year old if we could find one and that's the other point i don't think there'll be any problems but i think our policy is right stick with what we got Uh, and marcel marcus actually oh is it marcus force yeah Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. marcus force uh yeah that's right he is actually back in training i think he's training a couple of days ago which is all good so you know maybe we might see him back in the new year when the window opens. But we, we, the we, trouble we, is we, we get one back and then we lose two. Yeah. We, we've, said, we've, always, we've always said this. It's the Brentford model. It's the way, you know, Brentford want to operate. Um, you know, we were talking about it when you're looking at Morpai and Mark Andes up top. Could they have added someone else, someone else who's going to give them 15, 20 goals a season? Um, and they chose not to because they want to stick to their, their, their methods and they believe, and Matthew Benham believes his, and, his methods are correct. And to be fair, you know, Mark Andes um, or Emilio, Emilio as he wants to be called now. Yeah, um, fashionable. He, he, you know, from what we've seen this season, he, he's looked the, the real deal. So, you know, there's no, there's no knocking the, his ability at all. So you can, um, you can kind of understand the belief. Okay. 
I think as well that we need to think about what messages we send to incoming signings. That it's really important, right, that when we sign exciting young players, they know that they're going to get a proper chance. If they sign for the B team, we know that there's a route through to the first team for them. If they sign for the first team, we know they're going to play. They're not going to sit on the bench. We don't want to train other clubs' players. That's not how we work. That's not how we do things. It doesn't help us attract the best new talent. And we're attracting people like Konza and De Silva and all these really exciting players and Emiliano. Um, we attract exciting players. Let them play. Give them space to play what we did with Pritchard was we turned him into a really valuable asset for someone else yeah exactly and like no that's not how we would that's not how we do it's not no but sometimes needs must but listen I mean, let them play they're all going to play they're going to play on Saturday so Swansea City what are you saying hey well I was going to say and I think this might be unpopular but maybe is there an argument about not getting younger players in on loan but do we need to get like a an older player on their way out this is on loan but this is the argument we were saying to you this is i think this is why this argument is coming in because we're always thinking about younger players but it's almost like do we need to fill do we need to fill a hole and also the fact that you know when we had bieland and mepham together and it worked really well okay bieland's gone but maybe that that situation will actually help brentford or it'll actually help make mepham to become an even more valuable player this is going to be unpopular as well i think brentford missed the trick in missing out on norwood from uh, who's gone to sheffield united how much did they pay Ollie, Ollie I, I think they've got him on loan. He's on loan. He's on loan. It, it, no, but it's from on loan, Bright, it's on loan with, a view, with a view in January. They're going to buy him in January they, for they, about they, $3 million. They might buy him in January, but still, he's he's a good championship player. Who, who he really was obnoxious when he celebrated his goal at our place. But um, <laughs> we, we did try Javi Venter. Was, ah, yeah. He, he was a, <laughs> who, is, who is Javi Venter? I don't know who he was. Yeah. He was the player that we got. He, he was, he's playing Masters football now. Is he really? I love Masters football. Yes. Uh, very, so, score predictions. Swansea. Two one Bs. <laughs> two two. One nil. One nil to the Bs is what I say. Well, I didn't say who two. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, going, I'm going one one. That's right. That's going right. one one. Just keep keep it nice and neutral. Um, right. Southampton have grabbed a goal very quickly back at Wembley. It's also finished there. Charlie Austin with uh, with the goal for Southampton. Spurs three. Southampton one. It's also finished at Old Trafford Manchester United 2 Arsenal 2 is the final score uh, no champagne finish there Jose Mourinho not looking like a happy man either just does kick- he ever? he's kicking loads of things that was it and he's kicking metal railings and brick walls and it's just like Jose they're probably really expensive shoes so just go easy a bit you know sure. Billy the B any, any general messages? we've got general messages uh, I'm very proud actually Bradford, we've got to talk about just quickly that Bradford will be hosting the European Championships women's football European Championships in 2021 Lionel Road which is not been built yet but you see it every day from the, <laughs> the M4. M4. I thought you were going to say Brentford's be hosting the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> that's right no yeah. quite game we're used we're, to that very proud about that so we'll be hosting European football which um, you know we're, we, we, we're used to it because we're in Brescia today we beat them 4-3 but other than that like we said to you um, Rob Rowan Thursday the 13th of December Rob Rowan Memorial um, the, uh, the technical director who, who RIP Rob Griffin Park, 5 o'clock, all fans are welcome. And also Lloyd Owusu and Darren Powell at the Besotted Christmas Social Fuller's Brewery. Friday the 21st of December, tickets on besotted.com. Literally, the early bird tickets flew out in about a couple of hours. So get hold of them now. It's going to be a proper laugh. Those two guys, mate, open bar. I mean, what can you do? Open bar, Fuller's. Pa- pa- Paddy's, Paddy's, Paddy's getting himself ready That's for it. right, mate. It's going to be wicked. Thank you very much, Billy. Thank you. 
to uh, to Dave. Thank you to Greville. Good to see you, Pat. And thank you to Kate B with her obnoxious Pleasure. advent thank calendar. You. It's Live Sport Radio. <laughs> We're going back, back to the tomorrow. pub now. We're going back to the pub you, to finish you, you, off. It's Bailey's time. Oh, That's Bailey's right. and Cherry Ed for moi. Um, it's, uh, it's the Arsenal Fan Show tomorrow night. That one is going to be decent looking back at tonight's game. Plus, we've got your Charlton Fan Show from 9 o'clock. Do join us for that. It's Love Sport Radio. Uh, catch you tomorrow. Found your bees. 558 AM. So, old town, we're back to where we feel a little bit more comfortable now. You know, not that we're not uncomfortable in the studio, it's just a little bit corporate and a little bit sort of clean, and they, they don't allow us to bring a few beers in, especially it's Christmas time. You want to be celebrating and having a few jars with your mates and stuff like that. But listen, we discussed a lot of things. We discussed West Brom, we discussed Swansea, we, you know, we discussed loans, you know, we, I don't know, we just we talked about a lot of stuff, but now. Let's just presume that game's going to be over. Swansea game's over. What happens next? Because we have to look forward to the next few weeks because we're coming up to Christmas time and we say Christmas is meant to be time of cheer. We need to make sure we've got something to cheer over the next few weeks. We've got Hull City, then we've got Bolton Wanderers, then we've got Bristol City on Boxing Day and then Birmingham City. We've got four games before that window opens which could define our season. Where do you think this is going to go, Greville and, and just where where are we at? Where are we at? It depends who we can get onto the field. Uh, I mean, Rico Henry looked very promising on Monday. McCondes couldn't defend to save his life, but by God, he looked att- he looked an attacking little genius. I don't think we're going to see him uh, for the next six months. Who knows? But certainly for a while, if we can get players back on the pitch, we can start winning games. If we can get Macocho back on the pitch and def- and protect the back four, we'll start winning games. If we are stuck with what we have, giving too much time to the likes of McEachran and Judge, and I know I'll get shot for this, we are going to keep losing. So, so again, but I'm just coming back to this. You say stick to your guns. I mean, we're sticking to our guns because it's Christmas time here. So, you know, we thought we'd get our Christmas drinks in. And, you know, for myself, um, actually, I've been given a Baileys. I mean, this is very Christmassy as well. And, and, and Laney's on a Laney's on a Christmas cheer as well. What's on? A, what's your Christmas cheer? I'm having a brandy, mate. Brandy as well, and, and Greville's on the, 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 the rosé as well. We've got brandy, Baileys, there's all sorts of stuff. It's, it's so early Christmas, but Greville's sticking to the guns. We lose against Hull, we lose against Bolton Wanderers. Do we just continue sticking to our guns? I think it depends how we lose to them and what team we've got out against them. You know, there will become a time when what is happening becomes untenable. It's a question of whether we can actually build on what was... A hard-fought, if not lucky, point on Tuesday. If we can use that as an impetus and turn the corner, we'll be all right. If they, if we keep losing at the end of the year and we've actually got players back, then yes, they're going to have to keep looking and start seeing what they can change. But we mustn't change the way we play. It might be the way the players are being directed. Who knows? Again, I'm, I'm trying to ask you, because you're being a bit vague here, it's about the, being directed by who, how? What, 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 if we lose against Hull, we lose against um, Bristol Rovers. Uh, not Bristol Rovers, but Bolton Wanderers. What, what are you saying? What I'm saying then is I think we would have to be looking very carefully about perhaps making a change. Where? The head coach. There's nowhere else you can make a coach. You can do that. But at the same time, it also depends on the players we're able to get on the pitch at that time. If we are losing more players, we, we lost two players on Monday. If we can get players back match, match fit, I actually want to see Thomas Frank given four or five games with a, as near as damn it a first team 
then it's possible to judge him. At the moment, it's really unfair because I don't know, you know, what's happened, but everything that can go wrong has gone wrong, and he is carrying the can. And eventually, he will have to carry the can, but at the moment, I still think it's early, but the, when we get two players back, we lose one more. It's impossible for him. Lanny? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it is tough for him. You're right. It's, it's, not as, it's not as if he's got a completely full squad and he's, and he's choosing a team that's not, it's not competing and they're losing because of that. Um, but going back, to, going back to the question, really, is like what, what, happens, is, what happens going forward? If we, if we don't win against Swansea, the pressure's obviously back on him. Um, I, I would say that at least two or three of the next five games are winnable, even if we're not got a full strength team to play for to pick from I think I think we should we should win three of those because we are a better team than the, the, our opposition full stop we should be Bristol City we should be Bolton Wanderers I, I, I think we should be Birmingham City I think I think we've got the beating of all of those teams Swansea um, it's going to be a toughie but you know hopefully if, if we're if it's, a, if it's a springboard from Monday that we're hoping for you know we get a reaction um, it's, 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 who he, it's who he can put out, but I, I still think we can we can be more than a match for them. So you know, I, I, my, it, it should be a positive next month. If it's not, I agree with Greville. He has to go. Yeah, I would like to see that bounce carry on because it felt like you could see how important that draw was to the players. And if that puts the fire under them and if that keeps going, then I think that's really important. And I think the next three games in particular are really difficult because I think if I think Swansea is going to be a tough test. They haven't had the best run, but I still think it will be a tough test. And if we can't beat Hull and if we can't beat Bolton, then we have to ask questions. We have to think about that. We have to sort of review and think about what we're doing. If we don't beat Hull and we, and we don't beat Bolton, we're probably in the bottom three. So, you know... We, we're going to have that negativity on our shoulders as well. You know, Brent, any, anyone that knows anything about Brentford, we are not a bottom three team. We are, we are, we're not. You know, that is that's probably as false a position as our top of the table one was after day one. You know, we are a mid, mid to upper table team. We are, we are not a struggling, we shouldn't be a struggling team. And for me, and for me I mean, I always look back to the fact when we were in that terrible, terrible, terrible run a couple of years ago with Dean Smith. Was it three years ago with Dean Smith as well? Oh, we were horrendous, played some horrendous football. We went to QPO, we lost 3 0 as well, and we just thought we couldn't see the end of this. We went to Blackburn Rovers and we were horrendous as well, and everyone thought he's got to go, we can't see the end of this. And then we got the lucky win out of Nottingham Forest, and after that, we turned it around and we were actually really, really good towards the end of the season. So, there is a view in me saying if you've got good players and you've got somebody who's coaching them, which is good, and obviously Dean Smith couldn't get the best out of them at the time in a lot of matches, over 13 matches. So I'm still saying to us that we have got the good players in there and we need a little bit of luck. Well, who, who saw Declan Rudd's abomination in goal for Preston North End when he basically let something through his legs from 45 yards? We just need a bit of luck. We need something to go our way. We don't get easy goals. We don't get people donating us gifts. We need something. We need a win. 
maybe we need a shot from 45 yards and then maybe it might go into the back of the net you know but anyway listen we've had a great great evening here we've been in the pub and we've had glass and Christmas music and people dancing on the tables and everything like that it is yeah there's a reindeer there's a reindeer Greville's reindeer they bought from the grocery store is just it's flying past the window like you know listen we're sitting there we've got spirits now the beers have gone out the window they've got spirits and we're having a, a, a great evening and hopefully this cheer that we have here will be transported to Saturday afternoon when Swansea come down and that'll bring us lots and lots of cheer but anyway Besotted Pride of West London Podcast thank you to the White Hart in Southwark it's been absolutely fantastic they've taken really really good care of us you're in town come down there because it's proper lively and it's nice as well but as we say here got match coming on Saturday days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.